Hello, I'm one of your hosts, Natalia Pinzon Jimenez, and welcome to Farmers Build Fire Resilience, a special podcast series brought to you by the Farmer Campus, the Community Alliance with Family Farms, and the Farmers Guild. In this series, you'll travel with us to the fields and back in order to hear stories from farmers, ranchers, and community members impacted by increasingly devastating wildfires in the Western United States. We hope these stories of loss, rebuilding, and resilience will help us face a future with fire together. Today, on episode four, we'll hear from diversified farmers, Melissa and Austin of Be Well Farm. We'll hear their story of emergency response and recovery after a devastating fire in Sonoma County, California. My name is Melissa Laley, and I own Dewell Farms here with my husband. We started the farm in 2015 out on this piece of land. Um, Austin and I met in college at Chico State. We moved out here in the fall of 2012, started a little tiny garden just for the two of us. What's the role of the cattle? To graze the fields down, so um, fuel reduction. Um, they also forage on some, uh, you know, low leaves of oak trees and other things, but they definitely eat acorns too. But um, the grasses are their main uh, diet. And so just, yeah, fuel reduction and then, sp- you know, helping spread manure and helping keep the fields fertile. So what we do every year in the garden, um, this particular plot gets really, really wet and holds a lot of water in winter. Um, so we can't, we haven't really done a winter garden out here because of that. And so we plant a cover crop in fall and let it get real big and do its job in throughout winter. And then in springtime, we bring the cattle through and they eat down the cover crop and help, you know, kind of mix it in the soil with their hooves and also distribute manure along the way, mix that in. And so then we, when they graze through all the cover crop, we let it set for a while and then we go ahead and prep it for planting in. And so just that soil fertility um, is what the cattle really help with. The night of the fire, we pretty much, we were woken up at 1145 at night to just a pounding on our door. And we were like, what, who, who the heck is this? What is happening? And we answered it and it was our neighbor, um, Tom. And uh, he's married to the landlord's daughter. And they were living near us out here. And he he told us there's a fire coming our way. We all have to evacuate right now. And... um we were like, okay, well, let's, let's go see where it is, like how much time we have. And, um, I didn't really, it was pitch dark out. And so we just threw on some more clothes just in case, you know, we don't want to go out in our video. And we went to check on our cows right away because they were in a pasture, um, more on the side of the ranch where the, the direction the fire was coming to first. And, so we went out and we could see it burning on the next ranch over. And so um, right as we were deciding, okay, like, what do we do with the the cows right now? Like um, a bunch of firefighters and police officers pulled onto the ranch and we're like, you guys have to leave right now. And we're like, what, what about our livestock? And they were like, you have to leave them. We're also on the highway. And so we can't let them go or anything because that could be super dangerous. And so they told us, leave them. You have to get out of here. 
And so we rushed home. Um, I was trying to keep calm because like it just thinking, okay, what do I need to do here? Um, we were not prepared. We didn't have a, any sort of a plan. We didn't really ever anticipate that anything like this would happen to us. We never even crossed our minds. And so um, we quickly just grabbed like our, I grabbed some cash and a few business documents, my laptop and, um, and our dog and left. And so we didn't really take much. Um, and we went down to uh, my husband's parents' house in Sonoma and they let us stay there. Um, and they were under, uh, what is it called? Uh, that where you're, it's not a mandatory evacuation, but prior to that, you know, you get an option, (laughs) but so they were under, um, a warning, an evacuation warning, I guess. Um, but they decided they were going to stay and, um, we stayed with them and we just got to work soaking their house down, soaking their yard down. We dug a fire line all around the back of their house because it butts up to a field that had a bunch of overgrown dry grass in it. So we pretty much just tried to do what we could to save that place. Um, And then we are trying to get a hold of Austin's brother, who's a firefighter, and he lives out in Shellville. And we were, he had just gotten off his shift. And so he was at home, passed out of sleep at night, you know, and not answering, not answering. So we decided we got to go tell him what's going on and see if, you know, he needs to get out there and like help. Um, and so we went out to his property and, um, pretty much like woke him up and, uh, just told him what was going on. And from their place, you could look, uh, three sides around you, you could see burning in the hills. Um, there was like Novato, you could see out to the east, you could see up north, it just everything was like, on fire. And it felt like, like the apocalypse or something you would just hear these like the booms from all these propane tanks exploding and see like these bright green flashes from God knows what was, you know, blowing up. Um, And it was just this really eerie, terrifying feeling and to think they were all happening at the same time was just kind of this like what's going on feeling there were multiple fires that Mm -hmm. broke out right Mm -hmm. um and which one were you caught in so the nuns fire and so nuns canyon road is um there's only one property between here and nuns canyon road and so um right up that road is where the nuns fire started so it was we it was right on top of us from the beginning, pretty much. Um, it's kind of between Beltane Ranch and Atwood Ranch is where it started in the back of the hill there. And this property kind of sweeps around the back of Atwood. So it's like the three ranches meet right there. And I guess a transformer exploded or something and or power lines, something came down. Um, but within we think within like two hours is when it came through here and burned burned the houses down and everything so it wasn't it wasn't too long after we had left that um that everything was pretty much gone as soon as the sun came up we got back out here and told the people at the the um, fire line you know they wouldn't let people through and we were like please we have animals here we're just right there on this ranch like we please see if they're still there and 
Um, so they let us through and um, we went to the cows first and they were all just in the middle of this field. You could tell where the fire had been and that they kind of had like danced around it and just found like areas where the grass was like low to none to like stand in and they all were there. They all made it. Um, and so we did the best we could to set up our, we have like a portable corral that we just threw up and tried to get them all in and we gave them hay and water. And, um, we had to borrow some water from, the Atwood Ranch because all the wells, everything, there was no power, no water out here, obviously. And so, but trying to figure out how to keep that going, keep getting water and everything, we had to come up with a plan quick to like, okay, where is there water? How do we transport it? Um, so we, we were going around in the community next door and there was, um, a house standing who had municipal water running. We got the permission from the owners um, who had just been in and out passing by. I think all we caught them and they said, take whatever you need of the water. And so we got some 55 gallon drums and built like a hose thing on the bottom. And we were like, okay, we can haul water now. We're good. And so we came to check the rest of our, um, our animals. The chickens were fine. We closed them in the coops at night. And, um, so then the coops are on a trailer, so they're a couple feet off the ground and we tried to move them every few days, but that was like the day before they were supposed to move. So they had scratched around the bottom of the coop pretty well. So there wasn't a lot of fuel under it. The fire did go right under it, but there wasn't enough fuel for it to really stop or be there burning long and ignite the coop or anything. And so when we opened the door, we were expecting the worst and then they all just came hopping out like you know like a normal day and it's like oh my gosh like thank god all the chickens made it all the fencing and obviously water was like burned up do you have any idea how long the recovery was going to take no and we're still recovering i mean there's it's it's just endless really like what i mean with the loss of facilities and trying to come up with a new plan and then also having put all of our resources, our money back into getting things back together is it's just, um, yeah, it's all continues to be, um, a struggle, but we feel like this is definitely something we are in it to, you know, we're not going to stop farming and we're going to do the best we can to push forward. Um, with what, what we have and make it work. So we had animals that were here. Mm -hmm. So we kind of sheltered in place where we were hauling water back and forth. Mm -hmm. And then after we got them off here, we had to pull everything up here. And then, um, you know, we couldn't bring anything back till March. Mm -hmm. There was one well they had over here with like a small backup generator. But at that point, this place was... We didn't know what was going to go on with it. And mm -hmm. then Army Corps of Engineers hadn't come out, so we didn't know if they were tearing this down. Like, we had no idea what was going to be left mm -hmm. after the cleanup. And if we were going to be even able to stay here or if the family was just going to part with the place. So we had a lot Everything of was up in the air for a long time. A lot of insecurity. Mm -hmm. So it made it very challenging. 
happening mentally for us. Well, and, and to make a plan, not knowing was, what anybody else's plans were, because we are just leasing, so. And we definitely had to take on a lot of the responsibilities for the rebuild and the cleanup here. Yeah, the family wasn't going to put up money for to replace fence lines and, and all of that, but it's like, well, we really can't have animals out here if there's no fences or... Um, like if you don't have fences and you have this much land, then you're just creating another more of a hazard. Yeah, more of a huge hazard. If you can't knock over all these grasses and keep these trees up, then this place becomes dangerous to all the neighbors. Yeah. So. So we. Went so what happened? <laughs> what happened was, um, so we're friends with the the Kundi family who has the winery down Highway Twelve, and. Um, they had some of them had stayed instead of evacuating at the winery and um they had offered for us to come over there and you know eat dinners and stuff because they were meeting people to bring in food and everything um they let us shower on the crush pad over there that was like really nice because at one point it had been like eight days I was in the same dirty clothes I hadn't showered like looked like a little you know scruff ball but um so yeah we we're like super thankful for them and uh kind of taking us in and then they happened to have a home open on the property where they said we could stay and so um we didn't have much to bring with us but we uh we definitely took them up on that because we we had to stay in the area and we're like oh that's it's right down the road um there was a pasture right by the house we were able to bring our cattle and our chickens over there so that was really a saving grace was um you know just knowing your neighbors having that community connection is just it was everything to us like it there's no way we could still remain in the area or doing this if it wasn't for that so um so we were over there they had power and water so the animals were taken care of and we were taken care of and then it was just like a slow process to kind of get those things you know back over here so we can at least use the fields again to start planting and (laughs) get new fences in and all that so it's yeah it's a long process so we're still like I said kind of piecing things back together one by one so what about the community of other farmers like calves how did you find out you know that there were grants available so we were familiar with calf and stuff we haven't done much with them before that but um Evan a little bit bit. we went to some events here and there and everything but Evan um, reached out to us and said, hey, like, we heard about what happened to you guys, and we've been trying to raise um, donate, or funds for to donate to people who are victims, and we'd like to give you guys um, a grant and everything. And so um, that was just a, a blessing that came about that it was like, thank you so much. And that money, like, really helped, really helped us get things back together we had to rebuy every little thing that you could think of to run a farm it was just like very very (laughs) expensive even to just get the basic bare minimum you know bare bones going again um so that was like a big lifesaver to have having got the grant from calf and we're very thankful that evan reached out to us about that and so we are more than happy to uh (laughs) you know 
share our story and help out wherever we can too. And, um, and yeah, we didn't really like during the fire, there wasn't too much, um, interaction we had with other like local farms, but, um, Corey Hill, like they have the botanical nursery down the way. Um, they didn't have power or water. And so we were able to haul water to them because they have like endangered species that were dying in their greenhouses. And so we were just like, well, let's go. Let's go. <laughs> Fill it up again. Another round, you know. So we helped them out. And then um, all the cattle on the Kennedy Ranch we took care of for a while. Um, so but as far as other like produce growers in the area, we we didn't really know what was going on with them or how the extent of how people were affected and they were both just on the outside uh-huh. the blockade, uh-huh. so it was kind of one of those things but calf all around in the farmer yes. skills i mean once we were kind of getting going again mm-hmm. they were huge with you know all the different programs that they offer from linking farmers up with buyers and everything just support general support you know because mm-hmm. it's not something we could do by ourselves need everyone in the community to kind of help out and Kath was there along you know the whole way mm-hmm. even as much as sharing stories with one another at the meetings and mm-hmm. you know just being a part of a everybody had to go through you know so it was nice that they were able to bring all these farmers together and just mm-hmm. kind of help give direction you know mm-hmm. to everybody here so yeah it's what are the next steps for you guys? Um, I mean, for so we're still trying. We're still strategizing on how we can can grow and which directions to grow in. Um, Helping out. Did you tell her a little bit about kind of consulting work? Not and, yet. Yeah. So that's one way that we can kind of, because cash flow is a big deal. And in the winter time, we do have the animals and we do have some grazing up, you know. What are some of the lessons you learned from the fire? What are some of the things you're doing? Sit down, sit down. Lessons learned. Know your neighbors. Know, know all of them. Yeah. And know what resources everybody has. Work because... together with them mm-hmm. in an idea that things like this could happen again mm-hmm. and like you said sh- what resources can be shared mm-hmm. is huge yeah yeah and even stuff that's coming up like uh permitted burns mm-hmm. you know we, we went to a couple seminars on them but you know if you take the next three ranches and in one year we burn this ranch and everybody works together and then the next year we burn their ranch and the next year and every three years we can kind of keep the properties clean yeah, but it's so expensive to get the permit for any one landowner that it makes sense if we are all in this together to all help each other be safe and prevent wildfires, then we should um, do things like that where, you know, invasive removal. All when you chip all in and then all protect Share each equipment. other, you know. Mm-hmm. And insurance was a big thing we did not know. We uh, were severely uninsured and uh, underinsured. We under, were underinsured. <laughs> sorry, excuse me. And that was a huge, huge learning curve for us. Mm-hmm. Um, that, do you have a fire plan now? We do for the animals and for our general uh, 
like I mean, our house we do and then the ranch we live on they have a whole team fire plan for the whole like here's where everybody's going to we've been we ran a drill the other or not mm-hmm. a drill but we did a walk through the other day with the whole team and um said found out okay here's where all of the fire hydrants are here's all the safety equipment um who's responsible for why yeah yeah and then a timeline okay if it's here like what to do at your place where to evacuate to where to meet people all of that stuff what to do with your animals so that's really nice um that was our huge into emergency preparedness um and so we learn a lot from them yeah and then and they stayed in shelter in place and they fought fire off of their place and so that knowing that okay like we can do this and we could do this as a team and have a good plan like that's really huge so we have like you know there's we have preparedness is just like clearing space around the wells because if the wells go down all the plumbing goes down pretty much uh keeping all of the brush as low as possible and the trees up so clearing um all the ladder fuels using pretty much the animals to do so mm-hmm. and having backup water supplies for mm-hmm. livestock and then having the ability and personal yeah. and having the ability to get the animals off yeah so when we redesigned the pastures out here or where the gates went a lot of that was so flow of the animals can go to the safe spot mm-hmm. you know as fast as possible because when with the pre-existing fences and gates that were here a lot of them none of them didn't connect it didn't make sense to each other. yeah so it you'd have to do a lot more moving and then that should be necessary, especially in an emergency scenario so and now we can just open a gate here and a gate there and they just go right into their place and now we talk about water Mm -hmm. during the fire and it's well water out Mm -hmm. here Mm -hmm. what i didn't realize is when pg&e cuts off electricity that pretty much cuts off the water yeah because the pumps so what is your water plan well they got a backup yeah and the family they bought a or are in the process of getting a backup generator for the well and then there's a secondary well over here that can back that we tied it in after the fires that backfills a two inch line into the same. So that well and this well can run in the same lines to do whatever's needed. So having a backup generator for the main well Mm -hmm. and then the adequate amount of diesel to run it Mm -hmm. for these potential outages that are uh, proactive outages. Mm -hmm. Um, But it is very you know, nerve wracking thinking about everything shutting down. So yeah. that, and then having a backup generator. Um, and there are several water storage tanks that are being put in but somewhat strategically so they can be gravity ones, fed as well. Yeah, those are for well, well actually failures. Yeah, so last case resort. Yeah, and at that point we've already failed. But there's, yeah, there's a lot of different good stories you know, everyone here around us, this whole community band together as one and That's nothing was off limits mm-hmm. to anybody. If we have it, it's yours. If you have it, it's ours. Mm-hmm. Like, And that was just a remarkable thing because we were all strangers at that point. Yeah. Yeah. Not The community was not that tight. And then the effect of that over the next couple months and everybody becoming stronger and 
now when we go into a restaurant, you see people, you take the time to just, hey, how's it going? You yeah. know, oh, here we finished this. We got this going. And, mm-hmm. you know, it um, it was a really um, difficult yeah. thing for so many people to go through. But coming out of it, it's. Um, There's a lot of good things. There are that. a lot of good things that come out of it. And that's, you know, a difficult thing to say and a difficult thing to probably understand. But, you know. In the greater scheme of life, there's a heck of an amazing community and some amazing folks in this area. Mm-hmm. We're happy to be able to continue and, um, you know, just very thankful that to have gotten the support to be able to keep doing this. So um, I guess a message like advice for future victims is definitely do the best you can to prepare and, um, you know, prevent and have connections and, and then just, yeah, stay calm. You have your plan then. And then it's easier to take action instead of when it's on top of you and you're trying to figure it all out. So, um, I would assume that the preparations are a little different, but, Having a plan is important, whether it's fire or flood or other natural or earthquake. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, planning is everything. And have the supplies you need. I mean, if you're on a ranch, mm-hmm. have a chainsaw accessible mm-hmm. because for us, we had to cut trees every thirty feet to go anywhere on. Yeah, this there's so many. Just trees, trees fall, fall, chain it up, drag it out of the way. I mean, have your stuff ready, Andy. your tools on a ranch because yeah. it's. Yeah. Those, I mean, a chain and a chainsaw are <laughs> some of the most important and things. And face masks. Yeah, face masks. Um, and insurance. Insurance. <laughs> Just get it. <laughs> well, that's all for today's episode of Stories from the Fields. Thank you for listening. And thank you to Melissa and Austin for sharing your story. Join us again next week and we'll hear from more farmers and ranchers. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast so you never miss an episode. Plus, if you haven't enrolled in our online course for farmers, Farmers Build Fire Resilience, stop by our website at farmercampus.com. I hope you'll join us.